Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. The title of my teaching tonight is called Lessons from a Hard-Working Farmer. Lessons that we can learn from a hard-working farmer. The opening scripture that I want to use for the teaching is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6 from the New King James Version. The hard working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Thank you, Natasha. The hard working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. My aim today is to present us with some practical teaching, and I don't believe it's by accident that, uh, or coincidence, that Paula shared their testimony. It is to uh, the kind of teaching that I want to communicate to you today. I trust it will help us to understand how to receive from God what was promised. How to receive from God what was already purchased through the cross of Christ and what was promised to us through the Holy Spirit. The how to receive seems to be the most difficult exercise and complicated exercise for most of us in the house of faith. And I'm speaking from 40 years of experience in ministry. This is where most of us seem to struggle, how to receive from God that which was promised. The scripture teaches that God, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus our Lord, has established a designated channel by which we can receive from him that which was promised to us. And that, of course, which was bought and paid for by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, this designated channel of receiving from God is called faith. F-A-I-T-H, faith. The law of faith, though, because Romans calls faith a law. The law of faith is based on the principle of sowing and reaping. I want to repeat that because it's very important. The law of faith is based on the principle of sowing and reaping. Faith does not operate in a vacuum, but on tried and tested principles which God has set in motion long before the world began. One of those principles or laws is recorded in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. 
That is a universal law. That as long as the earth remains, God said that seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. In other words, if it's winter time and you want to exercise your faith to change it to summer, you're wasting your time. You cannot do that. Faith operates on the law of seed time and harvest. What do I mean by that? Well, here it is. We sow the incorruptible seed of the word of God in a well-prepared soil of our hearts and with faith and patience, we reap the harvest of the seeds we have planted. We sow the incorruptible seed of the word of God in a well-prepared soil of our hearts and with faith and patience, the Bible says, we reap the harvest of the seeds we have planted. That is why I say that the law of faith operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. What we reap is determined by what we sow and how much we sow. Here is another principle. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Paul is referring here specifically to finances, but this is a law, and this law applies to every sphere of our lives. This can be applied to love. If we sow love, we will reap love. If we sow encouragement, we will reap encouragement. If we are, in other words, if we sow friendship, we will have many friends. If we sow finances, we will reap a harvest of a financial blessing. Whatever a person sows, that he shall also reap. That's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Amen. We cannot sow corn and expect to reap a harvest of peas. We cannot sow peas and expect to reap a harvest of barley or wheat. That which we sow, that is exactly what we'll reap. We sow with our words. We sow by hearing the word of God. And, and that, that, is, that is sowing in our hearts and in our minds, the word of God. The measure of harvest we receive is always determined by the measure of our faith and faith determines the measure of our sowing i want to say that again because it's important the measure of harvest we receive is always determined by the measure of our faith 
And faith, our measure of faith, determines the measure of our sowing. All right. The same, of course, applies to the revelation we receive from the Word of God. Jesus said in Mark 4.24, reading from the Amplified Classic Translation. Do you see that? The measure of thought and study we give to the truth we hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge and understanding that comes back to us. That is a law. 50% study, 50% revelation. 10% study and meditation of what we hear, what we read, 10% of revelation and knowledge will come back to us. Now, if what we receive and how much we receive is dependent on us, that puts the responsibility on us and not on God. Amen? It's our responsibility. Jesus said it this way in different words. He said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Not according to my faith, according to your faith. Each one will have to come to a place where they walk according to their faith. And according to our faith, that will be done unto us. Now, if it's according to our faith, then we better take a closer look at the measure of our faith, but also at our belief system and compare it with what God's Word has to say about it. The Bible speaks of measures of faith and measures of harvests. I don't know if you read that, but Jesus spoke of great faith. You remember that? He spoke that about the centurion who came to receive healing for his servant. He also said that to the woman who received the a healing from the issue of, of blood and also to the Syrophoenician woman. He said, woman, great is your faith. So he spoke of great faith. He also spoke of little faith. How often did he rebuke his disciples saying to them, oh, you of little faith. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 4, rather, verse 18, speaks of weak faith. Abraham not being weak in faith, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. The Bible also speaks about strong faith, and it also speaks about no faith at all. So we see these different measures of faith. And Jesus also spoke of different measures of harvest. He spoke of a 30-fold increase, 60-fold harvest, and a 100-fold increase. That's also found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. So in our study today, we will examine how we can increase the measure of our harvest as we continue to work with the measure of our faith.
because that's key. And the Bible says that we can receive all kinds of harvests from the Word of God. These, um, are, these harvests are encased or locked up in the seed of God's Word. There are harvests of financial blessings. There are harvests of healing and health, harvest of wisdom, of divine protection, of guidance, whatever else we might need at the time. Now, here's a question. How difficult is it to receive a harvest? It's not difficult at all. Plant the right seed in a fertile soil and you will receive a harvest in due time. Now, it's the same principle as receiving from God. Learning how to receive from God what was promised is as easy as planting a seed in the soil of our hearts. Yet, this is where most of us struggle and find it difficult to receive from God. And this is because I believe due to a lack of understanding God's principles of sowing and reaping, and we, because we do not understand how these things work, sometimes we come up with all sorts of excuses as to why we remain without the most basic blessings given to us from God through Jesus Christ. For example, the blessing of wisdom and knowledge, the blessing of peace in troubled times, the blessing of provision in times of need, the blessing of forgiveness in times of falling or sinning, the blessing of healing in a time of sickness and disease, the blessing of strength in times of weakness, the blessing of comfort in a time of loss, the blessing of rest in a time of stress and anxiety. All of these are the most basic blessings that God, our Heavenly Father, has purchased for us through Jesus Christ uh, on the cross, through His sacrifice. And I believe that it grieves the Holy Spirit when we remain without them. God as a Father, a loving Father, wants to bless us with His most basic blessings. Now, as we all know, Jesus bought and paid for every blessing with his precious blood. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Notice the has blessed us. That's past tense. God is not going to do anything any more than he has already done. Asking God to do something he has already done is a waste of time. God has already done it. God has paid for every blessing. It is for us now to understand how to receive and get to work. Amen. We have, according to the scriptures, a God-given right to walk in all of these blessings. Now, our inability to receive from God, remember that it also reflects 
on him as our heavenly father. And his arch enemy, the devil, finds an opportunity to accuse God before the world for not taking care of us. If your God is such a good God, why is he not taking care of you? Um, how many times have we heard that from the unbelieving world? Why is he not providing for you? Why is he not doing this for you? Amen. Are you still with me? So before we can release, though, the blessing of the Lord to a dying world, we must first, according to the scriptures, become partakers or recipients of his blessing. And the first scripture we read is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. That's what the scripture says. Amen? Now, it is interesting to note that Paul uses the analogy of the hard-working farmer being the first recipient of the harvest. It's by no accident, no coincidence, that Paul uses the analogy of the hard-working farmer. Now, the farmer is characterized by two things, hard work and patience. Hard work and patience. This analogy helps us to understand God's principles of receiving. Why do I say that? Because every blessing God has given us, whether it is spiritual, whether it is physical or financial, comes to us in a seed form. What I'm giving you today is seed, not a tree. A seed. Every teaching that I have given you is a seed that I am planting in your mind and in your heart. What you do with the seed, it's your responsibility. My responsibility ends in delivering the word. The sower soweth the word. You're still with me? Hello. Just raise your hand so I know you're listening. The one who knows how to work with the seed will become a recipient of the blessing the seed produces, depending on what kind of seed it is sown in your mind and in your heart. Peter calls the word of God the incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever. God does nothing without a seed. God does nothing without his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. There are all kinds of seeds in the kingdom of God. The word of God provides us with all kinds of seeds that we need to live a godly life, a victorious life, a blessed life. There are seeds of wisdom and knowledge, seeds of health and healing, 
seeds of provision, seeds of divine protection, seeds of peace, seeds of love, joy, strength, you name it. God has it and God has provided it. Whatever you need, it's been provided for you in a seed form. This is so important for us to understand. What you need to learn is how to work with seeds. In other words, become a hard-working farmer. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 32. To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture? It is like a mustard seed which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all those, and shoots out large branches, so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Praise God. Amen. Everything in God's kingdom starts small and insignificant, like a mustard seed. But it has the potential to grow and permeate every sphere of life and society. And this is how the Word of God works. Jesus is teaching us how to become wise farmers. What do farmers do with seeds? They sow them in a well-prepared soil. They till the ground. They weed it out. They prepare it. And then they sow the seed and wait for the rain to come. Matthew chapter 13, verse 8. But others sow on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, this incorruptible seed of the Word of God needs to be planted in a believing and an unoffended heart. Mark those words. In a believing and unoffended heart. A heart that refuses to become offended no matter what goes on in, in your life. A heart that's been cultivated and well prepared. Scripture teaches us that a heart like that is a heart that is free from the cares of this world, from the love of money, and from worldly desires that pollute and defile our spirit. And we need to do some work here, weeding out confessing, turning away from those things which choke the Word of God. Jesus said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things choke the life of the Word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, receiving from God takes work and it takes patience. You ask a successful farmer, how hard he works, and he will educate us. What does he do? He gets up very early in the morning to attend to his fields, and he is at it all day long because he understands how farming works. 
And so it is with us, folks. We need to understand the principles of how to work with God's word in order to receive the desired harvest that we are looking for. Are you still out there? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the work we do is centered all around the Word of God. We study it. We meditate in it day and night. We read it. We speak it. And we practice it. That's what we do with the Word. We study it. We don't just read it. We study it. We go into it. We meditate in it. We read it. We speak it. And we put it into practice. Every single day, we fellowship with God through His Word. We take pains to understand it as we search and seek the face of God for revelation knowledge and understanding of his mysterious ways. Now, if I ever taught you anything in this ministry, it is this. Love the word of God. Devote yourself to the word. Listen to the word over and over and over and over again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Meditate in it and practice what it says. That's, I believe, that is the central message of all my messages. I love the word of God. It is the central message of what I teach in order to equip you. Make the word final authority in your life. In every circumstance of life, in every situation, ask, what does the word say about this situation? What does the word of God say about my finances? What does the word of God say about wisdom, about knowledge, about my health, about financial prosperity, about everything in life? In every, in every crisis, the first person we ought to go to is the Lord. Holy Spirit, what is your word for me now? What is it you are endeavoring to teach me? What does your word teaches me concerning this situation? What do you want? What is your will? As we search God's heart, the Lord by his spirit will point us always to the word of God. If you need comfort, he will give you a verse that is comforting. If you need healing, he will direct you to the scriptures that speak about divine health. What you need to do, once you're directed there, you ought to take that word and plant it in your heart and in your mind. Again and again and again and again until the word goes through the process. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Until the word takes root, becomes a plant, then a tree, then it yields its fruit. And that takes patience, perseverance, staying with the word, sticking with the word, regardless how I feel, regardless what I see, 
I am devoted to the word of God. Amen. Our capacity of reception increases by measures depending how well we have learned to work with the seed of the word of God. We make every effort to weed out all that pollutes, all that defiles our souls and our spirits. We maintain, according to the scriptures, a watchful eye over our heart, protecting the incorruptible seed of the word of God that was sown in us, giving it every opportunity to grow, and we continue to water it with the confession of our mouths, with our actions, and we patiently wait until the seed becomes a tree that produces the kind of harvest we are after. It's just as simple as that. We don't plant the seed one day and expect to become a tree the next. We don't pray a prayer of faith now and expect to see the manifestation unless God moves by the gifts of His Spirit. But I'm talking about the designated way that God has ordained for us to receive from Him. Now, your spirit and my spirit has the capacity to produce whatever we sow from the Word of God in it. It has all the necessary ingredients the seed needs to grow and to produce. We must allow the Word to go through the process. It's got to take root in us, folks. That's as simple as I can put it. Unless it takes root in us, it, it cannot produce the kind of harvest we are after. That's why Jesus said, when the sower sows the word, immediately Satan comes to take the word out of your heart. How does he do it? Through affliction and persecution, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things. These are the five weapons the enemy uses to pull out the word that was sown in our hearts. You start believing God for divine health, guess where the enemy is going to attack you? It's going to afflict you in the very area you're believing God. You're believing God for a financial harvest, guess where he's going to attack you? Why? To convince you that the word does not work. That's why you have to stay with it, guard it, protect it. Do not change your confession until the seed takes root and becomes a tree. Are you with me? And the Bible describes three stages of development of the word. He says, first the blade, then the ear, then finally the full corn in the ear. Then he talks about the different harvests, 30-fold, <clears throat> 60-fold, and 100-fold harvest. This exercise, remember, it takes patience and perseverance on our part. We don't plant the word one day and the next expect the harvest. No farmer does that, and we should not 
do the same. Yet many believers, I, I suppose out of, out of ignorance, not understanding how this works, they, they expect a harvest even without planting a seed. It cannot happen. No matter how much faith you think you have, you got to plant the seed, you got to water the seed, you got to be patient. That's why the Bible says through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Now, listen to what Jesus said about this concerning what I've just said to you. Turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 26 through to 29. The kingdom of God is as if a man should plant a seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Amen. That's how the kingdom of God works. And Jesus gave us simple, practical parables helping us to understand how the kingdom of God works. Bottom line, keep sowing the word in your heart and leave the rest to God. Make sure you protect the seed. Keep and maintain an unoffended heart. Do not allow the cares of this world. Do not allow the deceitfulness of riches or the desires for other things to sidetrack you. But stay focused on the word. Keep your eyes on the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus is the living word of God. The word will bring forth the harvest in due time. You can bet your life on that. When it's time to reap what was sown, you will know it. How? Your spirit will bear witness with your spirit. There will come an assurance in your heart, a witness in your spirit, a peace that passes all understanding. Hey, this is harvest time for me. My harvest is here. Then Jesus said, you bring it in. You receive that which you have planted, that which you have watered, that which you have protected. Amen. What I've given you is a simple, practical teaching how to receive everything that was promised to you and I. What do you need? Are you troubled and you need peace? Go to the seed of the promise. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Camp on that. Meditate on that verse of scripture. If you need peace, and, and, and rest. Don't go planting other seeds. Stay with that. If you need health and healing for your body, find 
the incorruptible seed of the promises of God. Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, and by his stripes ye were healed. Stay with it. Continue to hear it. Meditate on it. Read it morning, noon, and night. Protect that. When symptoms come, refuse to accept them. Confess what the Word says. Give the Word enough time to take root in you. Once it does, the harvest will be felt. Amen? Did you get something out of this today? What I've given you today is a seed. What you do with it will depend what kind of harvest you and I will receive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. We thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you sent your Word according to the Scriptures and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. We honor you for your Word. We bless you. Teach us to be more appreciative of your Word. And teach us to become, Lord, hard-working farmers as we work with the seed of your precious word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.